We are in our final week of Brace Yourself series, a series that, to be quite honest, has been haunting me a little bit since July. Uh, we really feel like this phrase, brace yourself, has literally come from the Lord. And you can watch previous sermon series and, uh, I mean, sermons in this series to see what I'm talking about. I encourage you to do that on our website. But in this Brace Yourself series, we're talking a lot of things, but the biggest, the bottom line of it all is this. We need to stand firm in our faith during this season. During this season of chaos and question marks and everything that's going on, we need to stand firm in our faith. What we believe about God, who God is, who Jesus is, what Jesus has done in our life, the forgiveness of their sins he's offered to us, and the confession of sins we've offered to him, and what, how the Holy Spirit is speaking to us. Week one, we talked about the armor of God. This armor of God helps us to prepare, because I would tell you this, there are forces of darkness and there are forces of light that are getting ready for something. I can feel it. There are forces of darkness and forces of light getting ready for something. Now, understand this. They've, they've been fighting for a very, very long time. But it just seems like over the past few years, definitely in the past few months, that something is stirring and something is about to go down. But we do know this. We do know who wins in the end. If you haven't read the book of Revelation, you may want to do that. And not only do we know but guess what? Satan knows. Satan knows. The great deceiver knows who will win in the end, and that is Jesus Christ, the victor. But you have to have that armor of God. You've got to be able to, to brace yourself with that, okay? And that will help you stand in your firm in your faith. Second week, we talked about prayer, okay? Uh, prayer is, is the engine that helps you to use uh, the armor of God. Third week, we talked about how to brace yourself together, you know, our faith was not meant to be lived alone, okay? Whether you're watching online or you're sitting right here, we are together, okay? We are together. We're doing this together. And I love the fact that there are more people, you know, uh, starting to come back and everything as, as they feel safe and as, as um, sort of we know more things about, you know, what's going on. I still know we have some some people with underlying health conditions are able to join us, but you are with us right now. Speaking to you, for those who are watching online, you're here with us in spirit, and, uh, but we cannot brace ourselves by ourselves. <laughs> we have to do it together. Christians, we have an obligation to encourage one another, to lift one another in prayer. We do. I, I, I don't know how many people have come up to me today and say, hey, pastor, I'm praying for you today. I'm praying for you today. Let me tell you, that means a lot. It really does. It means a ton. I know there are people watching online who are praying for me. And, we, and, and, and I love just walking through the names of, of, of our church and just praying for people throughout the week and just sending text messages just saying, you know, I'm praying for you, for those who are going through tough, difficult times. So last week, we, uh, we talked about the word, how to brace yourself with the word, and how that it, it, the word is powerful, the word is protective, but in order for the word to be powerful and protective in your life, you have to make it personal. You have to read it, okay? The, 
The thing that makes the word powerful is the Holy Spirit. We talked about spirit and in truth, okay? So we have to engage the Holy Spirit. We have to, with prayer, say, Holy Spirit, I invite you to come into this time. Help me to understand God's word, to dissect God's word, to ingest God's word. Help me to use God's word. Show me what I need to do. Speak to me, and the word of God will speak. But we've got to have spirit and a truth. It's powerful that way. It's also protective. Lots of things in the word of God that will help protect you in your life and your spirit and your soul. And then last, but we gotta make it personal. We gotta be able to read it. Don't depend on me. Don't depend on your youth pastor, your FCA coach, your, your grandfather, okay, your, your, your parents. Don't just depend on all those people in your life who speak God's word into you. You need to have a way to digest this yourself, okay? Whether it be, so I know several of y'all just listen to the Word of God, okay? I mean, there, there are the Bible app, and there's different ways that you can listen to God's Word, and just some of y'all drive, or some of you work, and you got headphones in, or you work out, or whatever, and you're listening to the Word of God, and that's wonderful. You're doing that, but, but you've got to get in touch with that, and that's so very important. We have to make it personal. So as we close out this series Today, I want us to focus on, I want us to move the focus away from ourselves. Brace yourself, brace yourself, yourself. I want us to move away from that, and I want us to talk about others. I want us to talk about others, because I believe if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ, you're not going to make it just about yourself. You can't. You can't. You're going to think of others. And I'm not talking about just uh, other believers, or, or just those people who attend church. I'm talking about people that you know in your community, and even in your own family, who, if Jesus were to come back today, you're not sure if, if they're going to be taken up. You're not sure. Even if they were to die today, you're not sure if, if they would be in heaven. And some, some people you probably know for sure, they ain't going to be in heaven. I know some people that in my life, you see the fruits, okay? You see the fruits of their life. You, you see that uh, you, you know, with their life, they're, they're, um, they don't believe in God or they don't live for him or, and they don't really care. But church, we need to care. We need to care for them. We need to brace others as we get ready for what God wants to do in our, in our world, in our country, through leadership. So I think one of the best stories that really illustrates this involves um, a man and actually involves a wee little man. And this, if you know that, if you grew up in church and you and you know this song. I'm not going to sing this song. But if you grew up in church, you probably have heard of Zacchaeus. Was a wee little man. And what? A wee little man was he. Okay. And you know, he climbed up in the sycamore tree. And for the Lord, he wanted to see. And the Lord was passing that day. And he said, hey, Zacchaeus, come down. For I'm going to your house today. And so know this, that 
that this story of Zacchaeus, I think, is something that we're going to get a lot from on how we can move forward embracing others. So, brace yourself, set that aside, and now let's focus on bracing others. If you have your copy of God's Word, I encourage you to, to turn to that. I'm going to be in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. We're going to be in verses 1 through 10. So Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. Now, I'm going to set this up for you a little bit, because we're in chapter 19, and in the same chapter, in the same chapter, we have the triumphant entry of Jesus. So Jesus is entering his final week of his life. So Jesus is thinking, my time is near. The, the end is near. That's what he's thinking. Um, are you thinking that as well? <laughs> are you thinking the end is near? I am. It's kind of what Brace Yourself is about. The end is near. And so Jesus had that in his mind. And even though he, the end was near, he was not just thinking of himself. He wasn't just getting himself psyched up, you know, to, to, to bear the cross and the, and the whips and in, in, in everything that he had to go through and the beatings. He, not only was he spiritually preparing himself for that, but he was aware of others and other people who were far from God. And we read this in Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. Now, Jericho, it's the same Jericho, the walls came tumbling down, okay? Joshua, same Jericho, it was about 15 miles, it's about 15 miles north of, of, uh, of Jerusalem. And man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now, I can, I can relate a little bit with Zacchaeus. I'm not really incredibly tall in stature. I can hold my own in most situations, but I can see, I can feel for Zacchaeus. I understand the man because I might would need to climb up a tree and just see. You know, there's a lot of crowd, a lot of people, you know. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to murder, mutter. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house 
because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Would you bow with me to word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we come before you. We ask you, Lord, that you take this word, that you take this powerful word, and you make it even more powerful by allowing your spirit to move freely throughout this place in the hearts and minds of the people that are here and the people that are watching. We pray, Father, that you speak clearly and boldly to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this story of Zacchaeus has a few things that definitely want to bring out. Now, a little bit about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, it says that he was a chief tax collector, which means he wasn't just a a tax collector. He was a tax collector who oversaw other tax collectors. I would imagine he probably not only had some extra off-the-top money from the taxes for what he did, but all of his other tax collectors that were under him, guess what? He got a portion of what they collected. You see... These tax collectors, and Zacchaeus was a Jew. He wasn't a Roman. He he collected money for the Roman government. So instead of the Roman government hiring tax collectors within the Roman government, and and they, they used pretty much all of their personnel for leadership and soldiers to 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 have order within their empire. But what they did is they allowed Jews to collect the tax, keep record of it, and then they could charge extra because of their time or whatever, on top of that, whatever they wanted. And then they would get the extra and keep for themselves. So so Zacchaeus was actually cheating and charging way more than he should have for taxes against other Jews, even though he was a Jew himself. And so tax collectors were really viewed as just really evil people, just people who just, who just um, were always thinking about themselves and, and not thinking of, of, the, of, the, um, of the Jewish family, of the Jewish nation. So a little, that's a little bit about Zacchaeus. Now, a few things I want us to point out. Number one, that we can help, that we can uh, see from the story that Jesus responded to that you and I can use in this season where we brace others, okay? Number one, we need to respond to holy distractions. Respond to holy distractions. See, here you see Jesus. He was walking in a town, lots of crowds, okay, walking into his final week of his life, headed to Jerusalem, about 15 miles away. And so Jesus noticed a person in a tree. Now, I don't know how many people would climb trees. There might be some people, might be more people climbing trees. I don't know. But if you were to walk in downtown Emerson, or downtown Cartersville, and you saw a man in a tree, you'd probably take notice of that. And so it's not something you would see every day. 
And so Jesus noticed this man, and so he responded to him. It was a little bit of, of a distraction. It was different. It was something that was set, set apart. Something about Zacchaeus drew G- Jesus to him. Biggest reason? I think it's because he was in a tree. There might have been kids in a tree, but I don't know how many grown men would, would, would be in a tree. But know this, you and I have people in our lives that are, that are in a tree. Meaning that there's something about them that they're going through, their situation, or something has happened in a certain relationship in their life or whatever, and there are people in your life that you're like, you know what, they're going through something, or there's something about them that's changed, or just something about a person that you feel in your spirit, something's going on there. Can I tell you something? That is an opportunity. That is an opportunity for you and I to respond to that distraction in your life. You can respond to that distraction. Um, Jesus could have been could have just ignored this situation or he could have been focusing on other things. Oftentimes, we, met, we miss those holy distractions because we're looking at our phone too much or we have things or we're, we have an agenda or something we've got to do and we're focusing on that and that alone. And how many people in our life have we missed that God sent as a holy distraction for us? We need to respond to those holy distractions. This past week, we remembered 9-11, 19 years ago. It's amazing. And there's lots of things you can read and videos you can see and pictures you can see to just kind of remember. But, um, but I, I read this particular paragraph that I'm gonna read to you and it really, really struck to me. He says, we remembered as a nation the tragic events that took place on 9-11 back in 2001. Thousands of people died, and, uh, but God saved a few. God saved a few who were supposed to be there. For instance, the head of a company survived 9-11 because his son started kindergarten. Another man was alive because it was his turn to bring donuts. One woman was late because her alarm clock didn't go off on time. Another was late, stuck in the New Jersey turnpike because of an accident, and his life was spared. One person missed his bus. One spilt food on her clothes and had to take the time to change. One's car wouldn't start. One couldn't get a taxi. One went back to answer the, the house phone. A man who put on a new pair of shoes that morning developed a blister before he got to the towers, so he stopped at a drugstore to buy a Band-Aid. That is amazing. To see all of those behind stories. For some reason, 
God did not want them to pass away and to be tragically killed in those buildings. Now, if God can do that, then surely God can send somebody in your life as a holy distraction. Let me tell you something. If God sends somebody in your life or somebody that is in your life already and there's something happening in them, guess what? That is God speaking to you. Because I believe God has matched you up with several non-believers in your life. And you and I, we need to tell people about the good news of Jesus and share hope to them. We do. And rather than just focusing on bracing ourselves, we've got to look to others. Jesus, Jesus had an agenda that's to save the world by laying his life on the cross and going up to his final week. He could have easily said, you know what? Zacchaeus, I know you're far from God, but you know what? I'm just, I, I, need to keep, I need to keep going. But there's something about Zacchaeus that Jesus could not step away from. He could not pass by. So we need to respond to holy distractions. Second of all, we need to look past the profile. We need to look past the profile. Um, obviously, Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was, he was not someone that you should be hanging around with. In fact, the Jews hated the other tax collector Jews. And for Jesus to look at him, to take the time out of all the people that are Jesus fans, and he looks at one, He's far from God. He says, I don't care what your background is. I don't care what people think of you. I don't care what you've done. You are important. And yes, I'm dying for you too, Zacchaeus. You and I have different profiles of people in our life. We do. If you don't, you need to make some new friends. But you and I have different profiles of people in our, in our life, whether it be different races, different socioeconomic backgrounds, okay? Different, uh, different uh, you know, from a different uh, a home life, different values. You and I are surrounded by people, uh, a, a variety of, of a different status or profile. So you and I, just like Jesus, we need to look beyond that. You know, Zacchaeus, he was a, he was a, a big jerk in a little body. You know, he, his, uh, his greed, no, no doubt, probably made him irritable. You know, greedy, greedy people are always irritable. I mean, Zacchaeus was a, the, the perfect description of an angry elf. <laughs> you know, Zacchaeus was not someone who you should be hanging around with. And so, but I guarantee you, there are people in your life, they're searching through this crowded world of confusion, watching for hope to walk down the street. There are people who are searching 
through this crowded world of confusion, watching for hope to walk down the street. You have that hope. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, there are people on your football team, on your soccer team, on your softball team, people in, in your band, uh, people on your cheerleading squad, cheerleader at, I mean, uh, uh, people at work, people in your neighborhood, people in your family. There are people there around you, they are climbing trees and they're searching for God, especially now. I mean, I can't think of a, I can't think of a, of another time except maybe 9-11, really 9-12, is when there was a lot of unity, a lot of searching, people were just like, man, I, I need God in my life. That Sunday after 9-11, I mean, it was packed. Churches are packed. I remember that. But now, even now, there are people in your life climbing trees. They're searching, figuring out where is God in all of this. And when they're climbing trees, they just see a sea of confusion. But there's one man who has the hope. That's Jesus. That Jesus is living inside of you. If you have accepted Christ as Savior, he's living inside of you. So you have that hope. We've got to look beyond the profile. We've got to look beyond the status of who they are, what they believe in. Does it matter if they're Republican or Democrat? Does it matter if they're black and white, rich, poor? Does it matter? We, we need to look beyond them and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. All right, next thing that Jesus showed us. Number three, intentional interaction. Intentional interaction. In that verse, in that verse five, it says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Jesus was intentional. He didn't he just acknowledge Zacchaeus and say, Zacchaeus, hey buddy, how you doing? You doing all right? Okay, praying for you. All right, see you next time. He, he didn't do that. He was intentional. He's like, hmm, I need to spend some time with Zacchaeus. I need to spend some time with Zacchaeus. Um, the people in your life climbing trees Looking for God, you need to spend some time with them intentionally, okay? Hey, let's go meet up for coffee. Let's meet up for breakfast, okay? You need to sit next to them at, at, at you know, softball games and football games. You need, to, you need to, I mean, I know we're supposed to be six feet apart, you know, in this time, but, you know, you can still associate with people, okay? And... And by the way, that, that's, I mean, this whole six feet apart is exactly what the devil's been, been scheming up. So, but you could still meet with people. You could still share the gospel message of Jesus. You could still shine the light to people, but you can sit next to them. You can invite them over to your house for dinner. You can bring them to church. You could be very intentional 
But you and I, woe to us, church. Woe to us. If during this brace yourself season, we're just focusing on ourselves and we're not looking at the people who are climbing trees and we're just saying, hey, how you doing? You doing all right? Good. And that's it. That's not enough. <laughs> you have to be intentional. I have to be intentional. I had the awesome opportunity of serving on the, on the Brewster Club for the Woodland Wildcats football team. And through that, I get a chance to meet and talk to a lot of people. And this Friday night, I was in the concession stand <laughs> the whole game. I, I was able to sneak out and watch Woodland score like 43 points or something like that. It's incredible. They won. But I was, I was with parents, different groups of parents, one group of first half, another group of second half, and I, I was with parents of, of players, and I was able to talk to them and, and you know, let them know, hey, I'm a pastor of the church. Oh, you're at this church? And, you know, we'd love to come and visit and, and that kind of stuff. It's not about them coming to Lake Point Church. It's really just about them going to church. I don't care where they go. They just, they just need to go because, I mean, we're all the same church, Big C Church. We're just, you know, a, a fellowship of the Big C Church. But I love hanging out with people. And I'm not saying everyone that I served with are a bunch of heathens. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. I mean, I serve with people that I know have a walk with Christ. But I, so, I served with some that, you know, I wasn't really sure about their life because I don't really know them. But I scheduled them, and we, we had intentional conversations beyond, hey, hand me a bag of popcorn so I can sell it to this person. Or, hey, load up this, you know, Diet Cokes into the cooler or, or whatever. I mean, if, if that's all I did, then I failed my job, my assignment. My assignment is there not to run concessions. My assignment is to build relationships to share the life of Christ and start those relationships to go in on a deeper level. So wherever you're serving or working or going to school or playing on your team, you have been given people in your life who are climbing trees, and it's time to be intentional. After, after one of your games, tell one of your teammates, hey, let's go, let's go for a talk, you know, walk, and, or let's, let's drive somewhere. Let's go have some coffee or some ice cream. Or, and then start talking, of, talking to them about things that really matter. We need to have intentional interactions. So, Jesus showed us that we need to respond to those holy distractions, people climbing trees. We need to look past the profile. Hmm, that person climbing a tree in my life, I don't know about them. They have a different lifestyle than me. They have a different set of values than me. They, they're Democrat or Republican opposite of me or or. or they have a different sexual orientation thought process as me or whatever. That doesn't matter. You and I, we gotta look past our profile and we gotta be intentional with the interactions. Number four, we see this. Prepare for the criticism. 
Prepare for the criticism. We see this in verse six and seven of that. In verse six, it says, so he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Verse seven, all the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Look at that. He's gone to be a guest of a sinner. Don't be, um, don't be swayed by the comments or the thoughts that you think people might be saying about you intentionally building relationships with people in trees. You have a job, you and I have a job to do. We just gotta trust that God will take care of it. We've got to obey his command. He, he does call us to do that. A lot of our songs we sang this morning, send me out, I wanna be your hands and feet. I wanna run to a world that's in need. And so, through that process, you're going to be criticized. In fact, I would say this, if you are not criticized or questioned for reaching out to certain people, then you're not really reaching out to certain people. So I would encourage you, don't be swayed for criticism. In fact, I would prepare for criticism because it's going to come. It is. And the biggest way, students, you need to listen to me, the biggest way, your uh, biggest set of criticism that's gonna happen to you is why do you keep talking to your teammates or to your classmates or to whatever about God? Why, why do you just keep Jesus to yourself? You're going to have that sort of criticism. Adults, there's probably people in your family who are going to criticize you for that. Prepare yourself for that. And again, if you're not being criticized, then are you really sharing the gospel to the level that you need to share? And uh, number five, the last thing that we see in this encounter with Zacchaeus, the results will speak for you. You don't need to explain or to defend what God has asked you to do. This assignment can be messy. Dealing with people with messy lives is messy. But guess what? It's not your job to clean it up. Many, many believers kind of get mixed up with this. They, they think that it's their job to kind of clean up other people's lives. Uh-uh. That's the job of, of the Holy Spirit as they come to Christ. The most important thing you and I need to be doing is that you and I need to just share Jesus, share what Jesus has done in our life and share the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Share that gospel. And as you and I share, then let the Holy Spirit do their work and, and pray that, that they would answer the door of the knocking of their heart that Jesus is doing. And then allow the Holy Spirit to do the cleaning up a lot of times, we like to try to clean the outside of people, get their life straight, make, them make good choices. Now, the best way for them to, to be on fire for God 
And to live a life of holiness is to start from the inside and let it work out. Start from the inside, let it work out. Guess what? People who are new believers, they still, they, they may still have a little bit of the old life. But encourage them, disciple them from the inside out. Don't focus on just their actions. Focus on them spending time with Jesus. The more they're in the word, the more they're praying, the more they're with other believers, it's working from the inside out. And pretty soon, you will start seeing, they will start seeing their life change from the inside out. It's only your job to introduce messy people to the one who can help clean up their messy life. That's, that's our job. And that is it. In verses uh, nine through 10 of this passage, Jesus closes out this encounter with Zacchaeus. And this is, if I recall, this is the, the last, except for the, the thief on the cross, this is the last recorded in the scripture person that Jesus intentionally takes time with. Uh, someone who's far from God that Jesus intentionally takes time with before he, he spends his last week on, on, on this earth. And he says this, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Why did salvation come to his house? Because Zacchaeus realized that he was a sinner. He had robbed people. He was ready to pay it all back. And even four times of what he collected, he was willing. There's something about what Jesus told him. And Jesus changed his heart, changed his life. And in a moment, he realized, what have I done? I, I need I need to fix this. And so the statement of salvation has come to this house is a very powerful one. And you're, if you're sitting here today and you like Zacchaeus, maybe you're watching online and you're hanging out in a tree and you're just trying to, you're trying to find hope you're trying to find hope in this chaotic world, in this crowded world of mixed feelings, mixed emotions. Everything is super sensitive. And it's like, who do I listen to? Where do I go? Everybody thinks they are right. There's only one person who's right. That is Jesus Christ. And he is here ready to look at you and say, let me come in. He told Zacchaeus, let me come into your home. Jesus is saying, let me come in to your heart. Get out of that tree. Stop searching. Stop looking at other people, at other things. Put your phone down and just look at me. 
Jesus is saying that. And let me spend time with you. Let me commune with you. Let me come into your heart and into your life. Salvation is ready to come to your house. Salvation is ready to come into your soul. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The best way you can brace yourself, the best way you can brace yourself is to make sure Jesus is Lord of your life. To make sure Jesus has been invited by you. You're the only person in the world who can do that. Jesus is not gonna bust down doors. That's not his way. It needs to be a decision by you. You're sitting here today. Maybe you've been confused. You don't know who to listen to. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to turn. But you do know this. You've been cheating yourself. You've been cheating other people. You've been lying to other people. You've been very selfish. And you know that it's time to make a change. If that is you right now, today is the day for salvation to come into your home, into your heart. So if that is you, you just simply say a prayer like this. Say, Jesus, please forgive me my sin. I'm sorry for the things I've done. I'm sorry for being selfish. I'm sorry for treating others the way I've been, I've been treating them, I need to make a change. Jesus, that change starts with you. Let me, help me to receive you. I open my heart. Please come into my life and change me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, I know you probably just prayed that prayer in your heart, in your mind, just silently, that's great. Maybe you've, you've prayed that prayer while watching online, whatever, whatever that is. Know this, we wanna make sure that we, that we disciple you in that way. So if you, if you prayed that prayer, you can send me an email at pastor at lakepointonline.com. And just let me know, I, I pray to receive Christ. Or Jesus came into my life. Or you could just tell me, uh, if you're here today, tell me in the lobby. But just know this, Jesus is ready to call you out of that tree. And for those of us who have already accepted Christ as Savior, know this, there are people in your life who are hanging out in trees. And we need to respond to those holy distractions to those people that God has put into our life. We don't need to look at who they are, what they believe in, what their lifestyle is. We've gotta look beyond that. We've gotta be intentional to say, let's you and I visit, let's talk. And as you do that, you're gonna have people criticize you. You're gonna have thoughts in your head. You gotta look beyond that. You gotta prepare yourself for that. And then allow the results to speak for themselves. In other words, Jesus didn't, 
Jesus wasn't the one who told the story. Jesus didn't say, hey, guys, look at what Zacchaeus did. Look what Zacchaeus is doing. Zacchaeus was the one who stood up and said, I'm going to make a change, and here's what that looks like. The people that you help bring out of trees, let them tell their story, and they will if Jesus truly is been invited into their life. I encourage you to come back next week. Next week, we, in Watch Online, we begin a new series called Romans. The reason why it's called Romans is we're gonna march through the entire book of Romans starting next week. Here's what I want you to do. Between now and next Sunday, read Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one, next week, prepare your heart. We'll be here, same time, same place, same channel. Love you guys.